All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the League Express podcast. My name's Jake Keenan, and joining me as always is the editor of League Express, Martin Sadler. And Martin, how happy are you to you know have Rugby League back on our TV? We had heaps to watch over the weekend. We did almost too much. I mean, if you tried to you know keep ahead of the, all the TV coverage the game had over the weekend, including the Australian game and the uh, all the preseason challenge games and the uh, All-Stars game, as well as the six Super League games. Of course, if you wanted to watch Castleford Wigan, you could watch it twice on uh, on, uh, on on Sky and on the BBC. So, you know, you'd, you'd be... You'd be watching rugby league to the middle of next week, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just just to watch round that that first weekend. Absolutely, it's almost it almost might be worth recording some of those matches and then having one to watch every single night leading into next round, and <laughs> well, then yeah. doing that for the rest of the season. Or maybe <laughs> may, maybe storing them up for the close season when there's no when there's no rugby league. Who yeah. knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 well behind the eight ball in terms of seeing all the games, but yeah. uh, but there was some drama, wasn't there, in, mm. in in the ones that we did see, and of course the. the well, there are two. There are two main talking points, really. One is the crowds that turned out seventy six thousand and odd, which is, which is a great figure, an average crowd of more than around twelve and a half thousand, mm. which is which is a record uh, a record number. That's great to see, and it reflects the sort of interest that there's been in the game, um, in in the build up to the new season. But the, but of course, the second talking point, not quite so positive, I suppose, is the um, four red cards and. Um, numerous yellow cards. I think how many yellow cards was it? Uh, nine, I think altogether. Yeah, nine, nine yellow cards, which which meant that quite a few of those games were being played with um, teams that were not, you know, didn't have thirteen men on the pitch. So inevitably, there, there was some impact on the outcome of those games some more than others of course mm, no absolutely and um, yeah, as we mentioned there was a lot of rugby league to get through I've done my best to try and watch the highlights of the matches that yeah. um, I wasn't able to watch but um, yeah we'll kick off with the, the first match up the Hull Derby Hull KR 22 defeated uh, FC 0 uh, well this is play. this is the one that I'd been really looking forward to but, but Hull FC let us down really a bit I mean it, it was you know, it's, it's it's funny how often the you know the season starts and and the rains come and of course it was heavy rain for that game as it was for Castleford v Wigan a couple of nights later. Um, but Hull, you know, you always think that they're going to revive and and start playing better. But I think they were the most disappointing team of the whole weekend. Mm. Um, I mean, last year Hull KR beat them forty points to nil on Good Friday at, uh, at the MKM Stadium, and we all said, let's hope it's not that one-sided. Well, it very nearly was, actually, because Hull KR scored five tries, mm. but um, because they didn't really have a goal kicker, um, <laughs> you know, they only, they only had one out of five conversions. And yeah. But it was a, an incredibly disappointing night for Hull fans, particularly when you watched their overseas rec- recruitment uh, players who... You know, almost uniformly had a bad night. Franklin Pele being sent off for a crazy, crazy, um, you know, um, a, a attack on on, a, on an opponent. Mm. He's, I mean, we're we're talking now on Tuesday morning. He's he's up for the tribunal tonight to try and explain what he, you know, what got into him mm. to make him do that. Um, and and of course, then you know the other overcrew, overseas stars. None of them really shone, mm. and most of them were really quite ineffective. Herman Sase, he 
he got um, Sinbin, but has now been suspended for, I think it's um, two matches for head contact. So he and Pele are both going to be out of the side, pretty certainly for this Friday's trip to Warrington. Um, and it means that um, Tony Smith, the old coach, is going to have to play some of his younger uh, British-based stars. And I think that probably is good for them, to be mm. perfectly honest. Um you know, I think they, you know, need to. I mean, from Pele and SAS, they need to sit down and think again about what they did on Thursday because if they're going to play like that, they'll be suspended for quite a lot of the season. I think mm. if uh, you know, on, as, as, as the season goes on, mm. I think the only positive thing to come out of those um, cards is. You know, it's in the first round of the season. Mm. Um, if you're going to learn from a mistake, it's best to do it Absolutely. at the start of the season. Absolutely. The Pele one was just a brain explosion for me. It was it, a beautiful um, crazy. hit to start with, but the yeah. follow-through of the swinging arm was just uncalled for. Just madness, wasn't it, really? And uh, and very very disappointing, you know, for everybody connected with the whole FC club. It it really just was... Um, ridiculous to be to be perfectly honest, and mm. and Herman Essiesi was looking not to get a red card as well, and the fact that he's got a two game suspension, um, you know, given given by the uh, match review panel, sort of emphasises that point, doesn't it? Mm. So they clearly need to, you know, work out in training this week um, what to uh, you know how to how to make legal tackles mm. basically, uh, you know, and it and and quite frankly the the. Those incidents were, were were incidents that there would have been that would have been dealt with in the same way last year, mm. uh, as, as as well as this year. So I don't think there's any real excuse for them, to mm. be honest at all. That's right. And you know, I love aggressive players, but it's about having that controlled aggression. You know, we've seen stars like of um, Jared Warrior Hargraves back in the NRL. He's frequently sort of been sent to the sin bin over his career, and um, I don't know if it's something that will come with maturity, but. Um, yeah, if he can learn to sort of get a grip on his aggression. For well, he is being linked with Hulk Howe, by the way, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, Warrior Hargraves has been, that's for sure. So, um, for, from next year, so... He might want to have a, a good hard think about the rules over here before he makes the move over, because if he thinks he's getting sin-bin heaps in Australia... He may um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, the fallout from the Pele tackling and what he Absolutely. should have given. Absolutely. We should find out those results tonight. Yeah. We? yeah, yeah. But I thought there were a lot of promising things for Olkiar, obviously, apart from the goal kicking. Um, we, we had Mikey Lewis and Tyrone May combining reasonably well at half back in, in, in the first game mm. that those two played. And. Um, and and you know I think I think Hulkear have got a lot of promise and of course they play Leeds this Thursday that's going to be a hell of a game I think and um, but you know Hull FC getting twenty thousand people there and then disappointing the vast majority of them was 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 really a setback for them and um, I hope that they can recover from it pretty soon you know and um beginning this friday at warrington mm, absolutely and uh yeah i'm sure willie peters won't be happy with the number of mistakes and drop ball he saw we did mention it was quite wet on thursday oh, yes, night yes. but um, i think it's a, a bit of a theme for most teams over the first weekend there's a lot to improve on yeah yeah there there, there, there is but nonetheless you know it was um it, it was an exciting weekend i think having said all that for for, for super league and there was some you know great Great tries scored and, and and great incidents and you know the 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 red cards and yellow cards did add to the drama, mm. didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, 
we'll 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 see what happens in in, in round two and who's 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 learnt the most from from round one. Did you manage to catch a glimpse of some of the stuff they were doing pre-game in terms of you know the two hull sides walking out and all the lights flashing on and off? Yes, like, I mean a lot of clubs are doing a, a light show now before the game starts, and that mm. that's that's really interesting to see, isn't it? Mm. And uh, but at the end of the day. What the fans want is to see their teams play well. The light shows are great, and it's it's great to have bands performing before the game and all that sort of stuff. It you know uh, marvelous to see. Mm. It it certainly helps build up an atmosphere. But at the end of the day, fans are, are pretty one-eyed yeah. when it comes to their team's performance, yeah, and you know the whole fans won't be happy this week until un- unless and until they go to Warrington and give a vastly different sort of performance. Mm, no, absolutely. Uh, in the next sort of matchup we'll look up, look at here, Leeds 22 defeated Salford 16. I think this match was a lot closer than what a lot of people were expecting. Well, everybody always writes Salford off, don't they? And, <laughs> you know, every year Salford have lost some of their key players, Brody Croft and Andy Ackers um, in this case. And, you know, we were all told that um, they were lambs to the slaughter going to Headingley mm. and that uh, Croft and Ackers would shine against their old team. Well, Brodie Croft was actually pretty quiet. Um, and I thought Salford... Salford were quite heavily penalised, actually, I, I, I thought. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not saying they were unfairly penalised, but but they, you know, they, they just didn't quite seem to, you know, get the run of the play Um Quite honestly, the um, penalty count was eleven seven in favour of Leeds. It seemed more than that to me, and they gave, they, you know, they, they gave away a lot of um, set restarts as well. Mm. Um, but I thought Salford played extremely well. Of course, Ash Handley scored the try of the weekend mm. for for Leeds, and that was absolutely brilliant. That 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 um, try. Uh, I'm sure has gone viral because it was just Ash Handley is a great winger in my view and he showed tremendous pace great intelligence in the way he lined up the defensive players and and wrong-footed them and then went round them um, and and, and got to the line you know it was a length of the field effort effectively so you know great uh, great for them And, and it was really vital for Leeds I think that that Leeds did win that game, but it was good to see that it was such a a close one, and they were, you know, um, it, the the outcome was uncertain right until the end of the game, mm, absolutely. and that was that was brilliant. I thought the the interesting thing, or one interesting thing about that game, was that Neen McDonald was coming back to Headingley after having left in slightly odd circumstances last year when he he left before the end of the season to go home for personal reasons, but then never came back. Mm. And the crowd, of course, booed him every time he got the ball, and that just seemed to make him play that much better. I thought <laughs> I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah. We've got a readers' poll this week, by the way, in in which we um, we ask our readers um, about six players who all made their debuts. Which player made the most impressive debut? Mm. And we've picked out Neen McDonald as one of those who who's in that list and I think he absolutely deserves deserves to be there and was um was great and took an awful lot of handling. And certainly those Leeds fans in the South Stand who booed him such a lot, by the end of the game they must have been thinking, Crikey, we you know, <laughs> despite um you know, despite the fact that he had to go home last year, we wish we'd kept him. Yeah. Because he you know, he would have been a 
you know, it would have it would have shone in that Leeds team, and the result might have been a bit more decisive if he'd been playing for Leeds and not and not Salford. No, absolutely. And that's the thing. Sometimes when you boo a player, it just fuels them. And, oh, of course uh, it does. I'm yeah, sure yeah. They, they might be regretting uh, yeah. the boos now. And as you mentioned, Ash Handley, what a try! Like I love when you see an outside back just so back do themselves. I. You know, well, that's and what the games. That, that's what the fans love to see most. Yeah. You know, with with great respect to all the. Hard working forwards in the middle of the field, you know, make grinding out meters or yards. Mm. The crowd really wants to see a try like the one that Ash Handley scored. Mm. And if we could guarantee one of those in every game, we'd have no trouble filling the grounds, would we? Really? No, absolutely. Brilliant. And uh, another match we had uh, was Saints forty defeating uh, London four. I think we all sort of predicted a big scoreline, but I think London played quite well considering. Yes, I think London London certainly didn't disgrace themselves, and you know they had some um, good players. I was very impressed by Oliver Leyland at fullback for the Broncos, um, and Emmanuel Wayne came on from the bench and he played v- very well. Another. PNG player. We've got loads of PNG players in mm. in Super League at the moment, and he's another one who who's going to be quite a handful to um, to, to tackle this 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 year. And um, but Saints inevitably um, ran away with it a bit in the end. Matt Whitley scoring two tries for them. Another um, excellent debut from from him. Mm. And of course, Daryl Clark, the the man who was inheriting the number nine shirt from James Roby. I thought he had an outstanding game for St. Helens. And, uh, and again, he's on the list of, um, you know, debutants, you know, who made the best debut at the weekend. And uh, I thought he was really brilliant was, uh, was Daryl. And, you know, a lot of people wondered whether he was the right signing for St. Helens to replace James Roby. But on Friday night's evidence, uh, admittedly against perhaps the weakest team in the competition, it looks as though he is. Mm. Um, there was one thing notable about this game as well, and that is there were no red or yellow cards. Yeah, That's the only game in which there were no red or yellow cards. So, uh, you know, that's uh, w- one of note, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about Daryl Clark is um, I got a chance to talk to him at their media day before the season started, and you could just tell the way he was sort of walking around the room there was a bit of energy about him he looked yeah, yeah. like he was excited to get out there and just rip in and absolutely uh, i think that the fresh start with the saints has um, done him a world of good and i'm sure you know, what a replacement yeah, yeah. for roby um in the other <clears throat> match of that night uh was it wigan 34 defeated castle was that no the next that, day? that was saturday no the yeah. other one was huddersfield, huddersfield defeating lee. lee that's right we'll go into that match there uh the scoreline, I don't know if I've jotted this Four, one down. 16-8. Now, I think people were tipping this game to be potentially the match of the round before the round started. Um, for me, watching it, it was a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, I wish I probably had watched the, the Leeds-Salford Well, the Leeds-Salford game was probably a better, more appealing game, I, I think. Mm. I mean, the headline says it all, doesn't it, in League Express? Giants grind their way to victory. Mm. And it was a grind, to be perfectly honest. Um but having said that, Ian Watson will be absolutely delighted, and he won't apologise for grinding their way to victory, no. uh, because if you if you can get a, a victory by by grinding the opposition down, then you'll take it, mm. uh, or certainly he will. Um, and I I, th- I thought it was a a really fine performance by um, by 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 the Giants actually, although it, it certainly wasn't you know it wasn't the sort of it wasn't a spectacular win, obviously, but mm. but it was just what they needed um, because and and it and, and and Lee obviously 
it's funny, you know, Lee had a great pre-season. They had that great win against Warrington in pre-season. Yep. And they looked as though they were steaming into the new season with all guns blazing. Mm. But, you know, Huddersfield contained them. And um, Matt Moylan, their new signing, playing at standoff alongside um, Lachlan Lamb, I think that partnership needs a bit of time to develop because it didn't strike me as obvious about who was the man in charge mm. in that partnership. And um, Matt Moylan, obviously, is a really big-name player. He, he put in a, a wonderful grubber for the Tribe um, by Josh Charnley. Um, but then, subsequent to that, he, he actually, his kicking game near the opposition try line left quite a bit to be desired, really, mm. uh, Jake. And he, he wasn't anything like as good as um, as, as he had been earlier mm. uh, in creating the try for Charnley. Um, having said that, I'm sure that Lee will come back into it. And, uh, uh, you know, but and, and obviously the, the other thing about that game, by the way, for Lee was that they did lose Edwin Ipapi fairly early on to an injury. Yeah. Um, and that clearly disrupted them, I think. You know, he's such a plays such a vital role in a, a dummy half for them and when he's no longer there some you know the players had to had to take that uh, take that role so if i were lee fans i wouldn't despair and it was great to see the ground looking pretty full eight and a half thousand people there mm. lee are very keen to average more than seven and a half thousand this year to 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 get those extra points in the grading system and i'm sure they'll do it um but you know uh, Maybe they've just got to wait a bit longer for their first win. They won't be playing this weekend because they would have been playing Wigan in round two, but Wigan are in the World Club Challenge. So they have a rest this weekend and they can, you know, regroup and, and come back the following week. No, absolutely. And that's the thing like with Matt Moylan. I think what Adrian Lamb needs to do is just sort of get him and Lockie in a room together and just say, hey, Matt, I want you to play the same way you played alongside Nico Hines when you were mm. playing at the Sharks. That's when you played your best football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just give the, the, the keys to the team to lock and Lamb to steer him around the park. Absolutely, yes. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take potentially five to ten matches for that you know, partnership could to really yeah. start. Uh, when, when, when you sign a spine player, it, there's always a settling-in period, isn't mm. there? You know, it's a, un, unlike in some other positions where – you know, the role of the middle forwards is probably more consistent from team to team. Mm. But the, the spine players, you know, they need to, um, you know, create that that sort of um, understanding between each other. And I don't think Lee have yet done that. So mm. we'll, we'll see how that works out. It was interesting listening to the commentary sort of towards the end of that match. Uh, the commentators were discussing who they thought their player of the match was. Uh, Jack Murchie was the the recipient of that award at the end. I thought he played really well uh, in the back row for Huddersfield. Yes. And um, quite an impressive debut as well. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, he's another one who's in this list. I keep talking about this list of debutants, but he's another one. But uh, I mean, the other thing that, that, that affected Lee as well, of course, was the the two sin binnings, John Asiata after 33 minutes and Ricky Lutelli on 44 minutes, mm. which certainly hampered them in, in getting back into the game. But, you know, good for Huddersfield. It's, uh, it's a, great, a great win for them. They play St. Helens next on Saturday at home. Mm. So that's going to be, 
you know, we'll see whether they really have turned the corner. Quite a challenge, that's for mm. sure. And like you said, it doesn't have to be pretty as long as you get the two points. That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, in the next matchup, we had Wigan uh, 32 defeated Cass 4. I thought uh, Castleford were, were quite good in this match. They were um, until they had Liam Watts sent off, weren't they? And, and that was still, that was just after half time or just No, before it, was, it was before half time. Yeah. It was about, after about 27 minutes, I think, if I remember rightly. So, yeah. um, and the funny thing was that, that prior to that, um, Wigan had had um, Harry Smith Sinbin for a tip tackle on Luke Hooley, the full back. And that tip tackle, I, I actually wrote a piece in League Express this, this week, and I'd, I must admit that I had um, anticipated Harry Smith uh, being suspended mm. um, for that tackle. I thought, I, you know, I, I thought it was potentially a red card. There was some... Um, some suggestion that the um, video referee had suggested a red card and the referee went for a yellow one. I don't know how true that is, actually. but um, So that was quite controversial. But then Liam Watts got sent off in the 29th minute, at which stage the the teams were level, weren't they? Mm. Um, And then after that, Wigan ran away with it. But but it was obviously a controversial dismissal it was a he he and joe westerman sort of sandwiched um tyler dupree and liam's shoulder hit dupree in the head i think on the basis of the current rules that was a fair send-off personally Mm. although it was very interesting to see craig lingard's you you didn't need to be much of a lip reader to understand what craig lingard said Mm. or thought about it um, which we better not repeat it here, <laughs> no. but um, you know he he clearly was very irritated by it, um, and I mean Joe Westerman also seemed to make contact with with um, Tyler Dupree's head, but but Westerman hasn't been cited by the match review panel, but Liam Watts um, is going to be facing the um, tribunal tonight as we speak. Um, so you know we'll see what um, what penalty he he gets. It's a grade E head contact, which you know grade E or grade F is always a matter for a reference to the rugby league tribunal. So he will be he will be there this evening, um, and there are a couple of other players who will also be at the tribunal this evening. We're we're speaking too early to um, be able to confirm what the what the penalty is, but Franklin Pele. Is, um, is 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 one, and um, who's the other? Oh, Michael McIlorum. Mm. We've we've not discussed this Catalan's um, Warrington game yet, but but he he was sent off, uh, you know, for for uh, again an attack to the head, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how frequently I think you and I spoke about it before the podcast this red card is being used in the first round I think you mentioned that last year in the NRL alone there was only four send-offs for the whole season and we've yep. seen uh is it four or five we've seen four red four cards is, four red cards right. and nine yellow ones yeah I mean that will settle down it's amazing how often there is a spate of red cards mm. early in the season but it does tend to you know settle down as the season unfolds, so let's let's hope it does because we don't want to see too many games where you know you've got twelve against thirteen. Mm. Although, funnily enough, the next game we we're going to talk about, I suppose, is is Catalans and uh, and, and Warrington. Yeah. And in that game, Mickey McElroy got 
uh, sent off right at the start of the second half mm-hmm. when the score was um, 6-4 to Catalans. And they then um, scored 10 points without him and, 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 and won the game 16-10. And again, that was you know, a really good game to watch. And, mm. and it was... It, 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 it was Sam Burgess's first game in charge, of course, uh, as, as the Warrington coach. And afterwards, he said that he wasn't too unhappy with, you know, what had unfolded in front of him. Because I think the Wolves played with great spirit, actually, and and could have won the game, you know, if, if the bounce of the ball had gone their way. So, you know, I think that's a you know very promising start for Warrington. Obviously... Good for Catalans because to to win that game with twelve men, mm. crikey, that's that's a a very strong performance, and and they go to London for their next game on Friday night, which they'd be obviously confident of winning. Mm. So a good start for them, and um, and not a bad one for Warrington. Mm. And I particularly uh, enjoyed the uh, Catalans' performance considering how many players they lost last year mm, as well and, mm. and key players as well. Obviously, um, we mentioned Tyrone May, Mitch Pearce, Sam Tompkins, Adam yeah, yeah. Kieran. These are all players who played you know, a crucial role in their uh, grand final campaign last season and to come out and, and win with 12 men on the field. Absolutely. Uh, they, st- they, they, they started with a halfback combination of Jordan Abdul and um, Theo Farge and Jaden Nicarima then came on later in the game off off the bench and looked very nippy. I thought, mm. you know, really played well in my view. Um, and and Jordan Abdul looked to be a very useful addition. I mean, is Jordan Abdul's got such a great kicking game? Mm. I mean, you know, people people say he left Hull KR because um, the the Hull KR coach was not very impressed with his preseason uh, approach to training, which may may well be true. But but there are some players who. Um, you know, probably don't need as much preseason training as others when when, when it boils down to it. And and Jordan Abdul, who who tends to carry a bit of weight sometimes, or looks as though he does, but but my goodness, he's a very clever player, very intelligent, very smart player, and uh, is a player I'd be very happy to have in my side, even if you know he didn't win all the all the. Um, um, pre-season competitions for aerobic fitness and all that sort of stuff you know that which which is important but nonetheless you know you want players who 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 are smart enough to guide a team around the field and I think he is mm. that's one thing you can't measure in the pre-season it's your football IQ no, and no. your heart you know no, how much no. heart do you have when you're out there on the field absolutely yeah yeah and uh yeah I think he had a really good performance let's talk about the the Tarek Sims hit of the week what did you think of that poor old George <laughs> Williams he'll be checking his ribs for the next few George, days George George well uh, first of all credit to George Williams because it was a massive hit again it's gone viral but George Williams just stood up straight away and didn't make anything of it, and, mm. and clearly, you know, didn't look as though. Well, I mean, you know, just, he, he got up as though he'd not felt it. I'm sure that's not true. Yeah. But but clearly, you know, he didn't try and make anything of it, and 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 it was a perfectly legal tackle. In fact, it was a sort of tackle that's that players are supposed to make. Mm-hmm. You know, under these new regulations, it was it was it was certainly below the armpits. It was right right in the middle of the torso mm. um and uh, fabulous and if if Tarek Sims can pull those sort of tackles off in as as the season goes on 
plenty of players will be looking to try and sidestep him or avoid him altogether. Oh, I certainly would be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's it. It's the the perfect way to legally smash someone into that. Certainly game, is. Yeah, fabulous. So, yes, absolutely it's, um, fabulous. Was a great weekend of football. Did you get to watch any of the uh, like the uh, Indigenous All Stars match in, in Australia? Or, I've not or, watched you know? that game yet. No, no. I've been too busy trying to catch up with Super League games. But uh, but again, the um, Indigenous team were, were the winners, weren't they? And, mm. and it's funny, isn't it? It was apparently played in pouring rain in North Queensland. It, <laughs> you know, the, the rain. It seems to have been raining all over the rugby league world this weekend, yeah. doesn't it? No, it's uh, yeah, quite bizarre, especially for somewhere like North Queensland uh, yeah. in the summer. But uh, I don't think I'd like to be playing in, in Townsville in, in the month of February. No, I bet you wouldn't. No. The summer. It's bloody hot up there. No. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of the, the talking points uh, from the weekend. Obviously, we've touched a lot on the card dilemma. You, well, I think we've spoken about... Um, we expect that to sort of calm down in the coming weeks. Yes. The, the, the other thing to talk about, Jake, is probably the TV coverage, isn't it? Because, yep. you know, we've, 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 we had Sky focusing on two games, the Hull Derby and the Leeds-Salford game, with a proper build-up. But the other games, the other four games that they uh, showed only had a five-minute build-up and, 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 you know, didn't have the presenters at the ground. On the other hand, the BBC... Um, they showed the Castleford versus Wigan game at the same time that Sky showed it, and and they did have a build up, a half hour build up, mm. um, and it was the it was historic really because it's the first Super League game that's ever been shown fully on 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 the BBC, um, and it, it I mean it certainly had its plus and negative points. If you, it's interesting to compare the, you know I've I've looked at both the BBC's coverage of that game and Sky's. First of all, the, the 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 disappointing thing about the BBC, in my view, was that they started with that same um, sort of cartoon characters, um, you know, climbing the sort of mountain. Mm. Um, they'd not updated that. Maybe that was because <coughs> the 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 deal was only agreed relatively recently, and they didn't have time to to uh, prepare a a more interesting introduction to the show. But but I hope they do do that because it, it needs something. Something, something different. Um, but the, the 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 good thing about the BBC's, I mean, it, 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 you had Matt Newsom and Robbie Hunter Paul as the commentary pair on the BBC, and Dave Woods and John Wells were commentating on Sky, and 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 if it's a contest, I thought Dave Woods and John Wells were better. John Wells is a really good summarizer in my view mm. he speaks very clearly very sort of analytically about the game and um and and, and really gives the impression that he understands it he's, he's he's very very thoughtful and 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 really i i i think he's the best co-commentator uh in the game if i'm if i'm really honest about it mm. um but on the other hand the um the the uh, bbc scored heavily with the um pundits who were there both before the game and at half time that was ash golding and kevin brown and i thought both of those guys talked very very well uh both before the game and at half time about the incidents particularly the sending off and yellow card incidents and so on um and and sky didn't didn't have separate pundits mm. at half time so that that was very much a um, a one-up for the BBC. So, you know, it, the, there are positives and, and, and ne- negatives for, for both, but um, 
it was very, very interesting to contrast the two approaches to the game, I thought. No, absolutely. And uh, it's always nice to see you know a bit more money and, and things invested in uh, the pre-match, post-match stuff. But what I will say, I did um, see at the train station this morning uh, at Manchester Victoria Station, there's a few Super League commercials being shown up That's around marvelous, the station. That's marvellous, isn't it? Yeah. So I think the visibility of the league is also improving with the new broadcasting deals. Absolutely, too, yes. Um, great to well, see. Well, I hope you weren't the only one who saw them. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, just touching on what we, what we spoke about last week when uh, um, Ryan Brearley made those comments about people not knowing who Salford were yeah, yeah. at old, uh, the Trafford Centre. So the more exposure we can create, the more we can put the game in people's faces, I think it's only going to be a benefit in the long run. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I think... I think our clubs need a stronger identity, really. The the competition needs a stronger identity, and the clubs themselves need a stronger identity. I, I, I for, for example, we've we've talked about Huddersfield Giants, who I've always thought have got the, the best, you know, potentially one of the best colour combinations, claret and gold, mm. two very positive colours. I've talked about this to Huddersfield supporters. Um, and it was interesting to see them playing Lee on Friday in a rather inconspicuous, somewhat drab, greyish-green sort of shirt with not a hint of claret and gold. You know, wh- why do clubs go away from their traditional, traditional colours? Yeah. N- I'll never understand that. Um, and, and all the Huddersfield fans who were in the stadium were all wearing the claret and gold scarves mm. and jerseys and so on, you know, that re- reflecting their home kit. So why do... why? I mean, you know, clubs tend to say they want... A home kit and then an away kit, but but why choose an away kit that has no clear link to mm. to the identity of the club? I, I just can't understand that at all. And if somebody can explain it to me, I'd be really grateful. I know they, you know, they they want to sell these um, the, these kits, but they'd sell far more of them if they had. Um, even if they had a grey kit sprinkled with claret and gold, it would be a lot better, wouldn't it? Oh, I'd, uh, I'd questioned myself a few times, like, wait a minute, is this Huddersfield? Like, yes. Uh, it just, in my brain, yeah, who I are didn't they? Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they get a great win and nobody knows who they are. Yeah, no, that's that right. Ridiculous. Now, just on the uh, the crowd attendance we saw over the weekend, obviously it was great figures all around. Um, do you think that the card controversy might impact uh, people's attendances next week or this weekend? Oh, I wouldn't think so. I mean, people, that, that's not the prime motivating factor um, for, for people when they, go to, when they go to big games. I mean, um, I mean it's interesting that the, the, the crowd figures were helped by the fixture list, weren't they? Because most of the, most of the big clubs were at home. Um, you know, you got Wigan, um, not, well, no, Wigan weren't at home actually, but St. Helens and Leeds, um, obviously, the whole derby attracted twenty thousand. This week, there'll be clubs with probably a lower level of attendance being at home. You've got um, you've, you've 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 got Salford at home uh, on Sunday. You've got London Broncos at home on Friday night against Catalans. Well, that's you know I'd love nothing more than to see a full house there, but that's very unlikely. Mm. Um, and you've got Huddersfield at home to. St. Helens on Saturday. Again, I'd love to see a really big crowd there, but but Huddersfield's record doesn't sort of suggest that there'll be a massive one. Mm. So you know, I, but no, I think I think what um, what the fans are looking for is excitement, and I think there is a, a high degree of excitement around the competition this year, and the occasional surprising result like Huddersfield's at Lee tends to add to the uh, attraction, you know, and. Um, 
Um, and I, I, I think there'll be big crowds this week at Warrington um, on Friday and at Hull KR on Thursday. And those are the TV games, aren't they, on mm. Sky? So I think that's going to be really positive and we'll see we'll we'll see hopefully pretty packed grounds for those two games on on sky no absolutely and you know some of the car drama that's it's a sign of things to come for next year it's almost like you know warming up oh, the players gosh, yes. in terms of the, you know this is what's going to come next year with the tackle height absolutely, changes yeah. um, which leads me to my next point i read an interesting article this week that alex wormsley wrote for the uh, yorkshire live website now he's come out and uh, written an article basically calling for there to be a, a players union similar to the rlpa in australia yes uh, he said because the the issue is these tackle changes are coming in next season without much consultation with the players absolutely it, he made reference to points that you know, something like this would never be passed in the NRL without consultation um, no. with RLPA. So he said, you know, as we move forward into this new Super League era, um, I guess going forward with all the, the um, broadcasting and the games being, um, you know, put on for, for people to watch, he said that there needs to be a strong players union. And I don't know whether the players need to drive that or if they Well, there is a Rugby League part. Players Association, which is part of the GMB union, but it, it doesn't seem to be very strong, unfortunately. It's certainly nothing like the... Uh, players association in 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 the NRL which mm-hmm. which clearly has teeth um lots of power mm-hmm. and 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 can you know make the NRL sit down and negotiate with it uh, I, I agree i think there ought to be a, there ought to be a strong players union in this country for a whole host of reasons and uh, um th- but there have been attempts in the past to create new players unions and they've all fallen by the wayside basically because they don't get the funding. I mean, the, the Players Association in Australia uh, is funded by the game, isn't it? Mm. Um, it gets a guaranteed income from the NRL itself. And the, uh, a Rugby League Players Association in this country has never achieved anything like that. So mm. uh, until, you know, until it does, um, I don't think we're going to see one, quite mm. frankly. Yeah, and it might be something that, you know, 10, 20 years' time, it might be a, a valid sort of uh, option, but yeah, at the moment... Uh, yeah, Alex is not the only person who's called for him, by the way. Adam Clune, who's just come over to play for Huddersfield from, from a, a career in the NRL, he's also called for a players' union over here uh, in, in the last few weeks. So, you know, it, there is a growing sort of um, sentiment, but, but who's going to do it? You know, that's mm. the point. Who, who's going to take on that mantle of... Uh, being the key organizer, especially when it looks as though you're going to have to work for virtually nothing because there's no income coming in from anywhere to to fund it. Yeah, absolutely. And now looking forward to this weekend. Obviously, we've got a heap of Super League games, but you know we have to mention the World Club Challenge. Obviously, it's going to be on uh, this Saturday night out at Wigan. Um, well, I'm very excited. glad that Harry Smith is playing. Um, <laughs> you know, but but, uh, but we're going to have suffered a blow with Luke Thompson uh, mm. being out of the game. Luke Luke Thompson had to leave the field against Castleford and failed a head injury assessment. So he's out for 11 days, which means he won't be playing against Penrith. And it was funny, you know, I I didn't manage to see the incident that um, caused his um, discomfort. So, you know, I'm not quite sure what, what, what happened there because, of course, players wear um, reactive mouth guards now, don't they? And maybe something on that mouth guard gave the signal mm. that uh, that he needed to come off the field but and it was fairly early in the game i think on about 17 minutes he came off so that's a going to be a blow for wigan um 
And it's going to be interesting to see the, the you know, the Wigan team. Obviously, Penrith have got no such worries because they didn't, um, they've not had a game before the World Club Challenge itself, although they'll have a run out against Warrington this week. But, um, I mean, I you know, it, it sort of illustrates the point for me that we ought to play the World Club Challenge before the Super League fixtures begin, mm. you know, so that, so that, for example, Wigan are not, you know, because Wigan could have had... Um, you know, Harry Smith suspended for this game if, um, you know, if, if the worst had come to the worst and that would have placed them at a very severe disadvantage. So, mm. you know, but but let's hope, I mean, Harry Smith playing against Nathan Cleary, that's going to be really fascinating, isn't it? And mm. I mean, that Harry faces a massive test against Nathan and um, if he can play as, as well as he, you know, was doing last season, I think he'll hopefully steer the, um, the Wigan to victory, but it's going to be a tough test for them. Mm. In your uh, column this week, mate, you mentioned how you don't think that, um, I guess, offences in certain competitions should uh, result in suspensions no, that's being right. um, served in the World Club Challenge, for instance. Yes, I, th- I, I, think, I, I think a suspension should be competition-specific. Mm. So if you're sent off in a Super League game, you should be suspended for Super League games, which, of course, for the most part, you are. But when it comes to a one-off game like this World Club Challenge, you know, even if Harry had been suspended fr- from Super League, I don't think he should have been suspended from from the World Club Challenge. But now that issue hasn't arisen anyway. Mm. But um, so similarly, the Challenge Cup and the, you know, the um, the Super League as well. I think you know, you, you sus- suspend them within competitions, but but um, you know, stick stick to the. Uh, competitions in which the suspension is imposed. Mm. Well, we saw it with George Williams uh, last year with the Tongan series. He missed the first two games. Yes, due to a exactly. Suspension. So, yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, now, apparently, the Penrith Panthers have reached out to the RFL just to get clarification around the rules for the World Club Challenge, and it's um, almost been confirmed that it's going to be played under the international rules system. So there will be a few slight differences. Um, but you and I were speaking on before the podcast. It's kind of hard to oh, even gosh. tell what the international rules are at the what, moment. What are the rules? Yeah, you 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 wonder, you despair, don't you? Sometimes, yeah. and and actually, you know, I think the um, the NRL is at fault here because the NRL makes rule changes unilaterally, as we do, to be honest, and you know, without reference to the international rules. You know, for goodness' sake, can if you know, sometimes the rules do need to be changed. But can't we do it centrally via the international um, rugby league body, mm. so that everybody's playing, you know, on the same on the same page? Mm. And surely that's not too much to ask, is it? No, <laughs> you wouldn't think so. Yeah, it's just it'll just be a matter of whether the officials can learn those new rules quick enough. Absolutely, but I'm sure they're more than capable of. Yeah, doing yeah. That. Well, Liam Moore is refereeing the game, and I think he's an outstanding referee no. at the moment, and. Uh, you know, I really, th- I mean, he will handle it no matter what, I'm fairly sure. No, I agree 100%. And uh, I just hope that, um, yeah, I, I he'll have to tr- pr- try and forget everything he's learned in the first week mm. and, um, you know, be a bit more lenient on, on the tackling height, I guess. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match. If you had to predict the winner or, or the scoreline for this week, Martin, who do you think? Well, I'm still predicting Wigan to win, but obviously very tight. I'm, I'm predicting something like 18-16 yep. as a scoreline. So not a very high-scoring game, a tough grinding sort of battle. Well, 18-16 is fairly high-scoring, but, mm. um, but you know, we'll see. And uh, obviously, no, I mean, I think Penrith will be... 
probably more determined to win this game than they were last year against St. Helens mm. when they, they were a, a little bit... I think they assumed that they were going to win against mm. St. Helens. And this year they've come over here. They've spent quite a bit of time at Manchester City's um, set up in East Manchester. Uh, I think they went to the Manchester City versus Chelsea game on on Sunday uh, or Saturday. I'm not quite sure which day it was, but but you know, so they, they've familiarised themselves with 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 that as a training venue, um, and they'll be really up for it. You know, there's no doubt about it. So. And you certainly, we, we, we saw, didn't we, in the grand final, you can't write Penrith off. Even if you're winning <laughs> by 14 points with 10 minutes to go, yep. don't write them off, whatever you do. And no, Nathan Cleary is just a genius, in my view. Absolutely. And uh, I think we touched on it last week, but he orchestrated that last uh, comeback win without Jerome Luai by his side. So he it's did, no yes. issue for him no, no, heading no. into this weekend without Luai. No. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I can't wait to watch, mate. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere at Wigan this weekend. It is, yes. Uh, look at some of the other matchups this weekend. Uh, I'll just quickly go through and get your picks. So Hull KR versus Leeds is the first. Well, you've got up. to go. You've got to go with Hull KR, but mm. you know I, I think Leeds needed that first game, and I think they'll um, come on strong. So I think it's going to be a very tight game. But I'd go for Hull KR by about six. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, London versus Catalans. Well, you've got to go for Catalans by mm. probably about. I think they'll win by four clear converted tries, so 24 points. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wolves versus Hull FC. Well, you've got to go with the Wolves, haven't you? And, and if they don't beat Hull, then then it may be a crisis for some Burgess. I, I think Hull will win by 16 points. Mm, absolutely. Um, the other thing I, I just want to touch on with Sam Burgess, I think I, I saw his interview with Jenna Brooks. Um, he did a pretty long in-depth yes. chat with her, and uh, he, he really played down... Um, his role this year, and I think he sort of made it sound like it's going to be a building process. Don't expect you mm. know, top of the table uh, finish no. season, but yes. Uh, do, do any fans not expect to be at the top of the table? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you always. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 best rule for any coach. I mean, people always say to a coach, "What are your aims for this year?" Mm. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one answer to that that a coach ought to give, and that is, "I want to win the next game." Yeah. Because if you keep winning the next game. And the game after that, and the game after that, then you end up doing good things, don't you? That's it. You so can't. you know that's that's the best answer you can give. Yeah, you can't look too far in advance in this no. game. Things change too quickly. Uh, and then we've got the Giants taking on the Saints. Um, that should be a good game. I think the Saints will win by ten. Mm. I think the Saints. I mean, Giants obviously did well against Lee. But I think the Saints may just have a bit too much for them. Mm. We saw that on the weekend. Like some of the support play when there's line breaks made is just outstanding. Wellsby's mm. always there in the frame when yeah, a line yeah. break is made. Oh so. gosh, yes, yes. Uh, and then we've got uh, Salford taking on Castleford. Um, I'm going to go for a shock here. I think uh, Castleford might win this one. I thought Castleford's certainly in the first half against Wigan. I thought Castleford's offloading game was absolutely outstanding. Mm. They, you know, they've got one or two players in their forward pack who I'm not that familiar with, but but their offloading game looked great, and I, I and I've got a really high regard for Craig Lingard. So I think Salford, um, Salford are a, you know a bit of an up and down team. They often play better away than they do at home. Um, and I think I'd, I'd stick my neck out and say that Cass could win by six points here. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, it should be a tight battle, and should be. And, and you know, I'd, I'd I'd love to see Salford do well because I, I really I'm so pleased that this stadium situation looks to be being resolved now with Salford, mm. and you know I'm looking forward to um, um, to, to 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 their new signing. Um, 
Um, what's his name from West Tigers? Oh, David Nofaluma. David Nof- it's a hard name to say, yes. Mm. David Nofaluma. Um, I think I, I really enjoy watching him play. I think he's a, a winger in the sort of Ken Seo style from last year. Mm. So hopefully he'll score a bag full of tries for Salford, but I don't think he'll be here for this game at the weekend. But I hope, I, you know, I, I may be wrong. Mm. Who knows? And yeah, probably some, uh, a much-needed uh, recruit for them or, or some more firepower out wide. And I think he's still got a few years of football left. Oh, yes, him, yeah. So. He's a very nippy player, yeah. Yes. Fell out with Benji Marshall. You know, I'm not quite sure why why he did. I think that, again, that was something to do with pre-season training, wasn't it? That, mm. um, you know, he's, he's not the sort of guy you'd necessarily want to be lifting enormous weights. Mm. Um, he's, he's, he's a bit more slenderly built than some of the forwards. But, you know, great to see him in Super League. I'm looking forward to him coming. Mm. And just one more thing on the, the cast performance. I think that's that's how you should approach these uh, big teams like the Saints um, and uh, Wigan. Throw the ball around a little bit. Look yes. for that offload. You've got to risk it. Um, Absolutely. Don't try and just compete sides. in the middle and just, just, just have hit-ups. Mm. Try and stretch them. And, yeah, they did, did cast. And, and if they'd not suffered... Liam Watts being sent off, who knows what they might have uh, achieved against Wigan. I don't think they'd have beaten them, mm. but they'd, they might have got closer. Incidentally, there is one point that I've made before, uh, probably on this, on, on, on this podcast, about dismissals. Um, I, I, I've, I, and I, I raised it when we spoke to um, Robert Hicks uh, a few weeks ago, that we ought to think very carefully about whether when a player gets dismissed, like um, Liam Watts did for Castleford against Wigan, whether we could say um, that such a dismissal reduces the team to 16 players, not 12 players. In other words, if you get a player dismissed, you could bring a player on from the bench to replace him, but the player dismissed can't come back on at all during the game. Mm. So you don't reduce one team to 12 players. You you keep them at 13, which is obviously better for the supporters. Um you know, and and um, that that would be a good, you know, a potential halfway house. Mm. Maybe not for all dismissals, who knows? But for but some of the more sort of technical ones, perhaps. Mm. Um, just just a thought. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I I wouldn't mind seeing is when there is a player who's red carded, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, that reflected in their suspension. So in terms of not not giving them necessarily say six weeks, if they've been red carded in the first half. That's a pretty harsh penalty in itself. It is, yes. I don't think you need to then go and give them six, a six-week suspension. I feel like there should be a few weeks cut off yeah, maybe. that total ban. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, who's Well, said? there's always been that thing as well. If, 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 if a player gets sent off for injuring an opponent, um, should that player be out for as long as the opponent is out? Yeah, you true. Know, that's, that's another point, isn't it? Mm, no, absolutely. Um, no, it'll be interesting to see how the games are officiated in the weeks going forward. Um, is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we wrap up today? Well, not, not I mean, I, we, just, just a quick one about the, um, the 1895 Cup. We've got the draw now for the last eight, and um, interesting to see that um, Oldham are the only League One club that's still in the running. They... Um, they they play against York Knights away uh, on those games that will be played on the 3rd of March. Um, and this weekend we've got the Challenge Cup um, coming up the um, fourth round, it is, with two games on Saturday and six on Sunday, uh, including um, an all-amateur game between York Acorn and 
Wolfbrow Hornets on Saturday. So that's an interesting one. And the Hammersmith Hills Hoists from London travel to um, Halifax also on Saturday. So mm. that's fascinating, isn't it? And Wakefield Trinity play Hunslet ARLFC, the Hunslet Amateur Club, yeah. um, after having scored more than 100 against uh, Newcastle Thunder yeah. at the weekend. So, you know, that will be an interesting experience for Hunslet, I'm fairly sure. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's all it's all gearing up to the launch of the Championship and League One seasons in, in the month of March. Yeah, and uh, another weekend full of rugby league, even more games than, uh, Absolutely. than last weekend. So yeah, yeah. God knows how we're going to fit it all in, but I'm sure we'll try our best. Well, we shall see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome, guys. And don't forget, if you do want to get a copy of the uh, League Express paper this week, you can head along, online to totalrl.com forward slash shop to get an, an online digital subscription. Um, um, let me show you the, um, the, the front page. There's the front page mm. of this week's issue. If you... Uh, Need to get into a news news agents to buy it. There it is, and uh, I hope you enjoy the read. We've enjoyed putting it together. We've got an interesting um, paper, I think. You know, from front page to back. Actually, one thing I didn't mention, or one thing we haven't mentioned, is um, we've had an interesting letter this week from Adam Fogarty, who's the ex St. Helens player, um, really um, complaining about the decision to rename the Harry Sunderland Trophy. Mm. Interestingly, um, Adam's father won the very first, his father Terry Fogarty, won the very first Harry Sunderland Trophy in 1965 when he was playing for Halifax. And um, Adam's complaint is not so much that they're changing the name on the trophy uh, as much as the way that they're doing it. He, he thought, and I agree with him actually, that they should have paid far more respect to the history of the trophy and the players who have won it. I mean, it's been awarded 69 times so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And they should have had a a formal sort of handover ceremony, uh, perhaps at this year's grand final, making making it the last Harry Sunderland trophy this year Um, and bringing some of the great players who have won the Harry Sunderland trophy to the grand final Mm. to be there to sort of, um, you know, put the Harry Sunderland trophy to bed, so to speak, and, you know, to welcome in the new Rob Burrow Award. And I think that would have been the way to do it, personally, mm, yeah. rather than just announcing somewhat, um, you know, uh, s- rather suddenly, really, that they were just change- changing it with with, with no obvious um, no obvious fanfare to, to, to accompany that change. Mm. And I guess there is opportunity to do some sort of tribute at the grand final this year, but it won't necessarily be, um, you know, the last... Um, Sunderland Trophy, it'll be the Robbie Burrow. Yeah, uh, it will. It will. It'll be the first one this year. I mean, everybody loves Rob, don't Mm -hmm. they? And I think we all are are delighted to see his name being attached to anything. Mm. Um, But, um, you know, you've got to, you know, you've you've got to respect your own history, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Don't forget, guys, I think we're nearly up to 600 subscribers on YouTube now. And that um, is steadily growing each week. So, if you're watching us on YouTube at the moment, or if you're listening uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, go on to YouTube and um, you know subscribe to us because there's and always get your mates to subscribe as well. Yeah, get everybody to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Parents, grandparents, cousins, yeah. get them all involved. Keep watching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Martin. All right, mate. We'll be back next week to do a full wrap of the uh, World Club Challenge and the matches this weekend. So stay tuned for that, guys. But yeah, apart from that, um, thanks, Martin. Thanks, Jacob. Oh, pleasure as always. Absolutely, mate. And uh, yeah, can't wait for this weekend. No, neither can I. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Cheers.